Good morning. Welcome to another episode of our series, Hard Truths, examining systemic racism in the U.S. Today, the push to diversify kids' movies and TV shows. Earlier this week, Sesame Workshop announced the newest Muppet resident of Sesame Street, Ji Young. Actually, there's something really cool about my name. So in Korean, uh, traditionally, the two syllables, they each mean something different. And chi means like uh, uh, smart or wise. And um, young means like uh, brave or courageous or strong. Yeah. But we were looking it up and guess what? What? Chi also means sesame. Oh, about that. A seven-year-old Korean-American, Ji Young is the first Asian-American Muppet on Sesame Street. She's also part of a renewed push to diversify kids' content, spurred by George Floyd's death and the rise of anti-Asian hate incidents since 2020. Networks like PBS, Nickelodeon, and Disney have also introduced more diverse characters in their programming in the last few years. But despite these efforts, new research shows characters in TV shows and movies for kids significantly underrepresent people of color. Here's what this looks like by the numbers. In the most watched shows for kids aged 2 to 13, white characters make up almost three quarters of all the characters. About 15% are black. Asians comprise 4% of the roles, and Latinos make up about 8%. 1.2% are Southeast Asian, and less than 1% are Middle Eastern or Native American. Axios' Ariana Gonzalez has been tracking the recent push to diversify children's programming. She's here now to tell us what's happening and why this all matters. Hi, Ariana. Hi, Nyla. Before we dive into some of this research, I grew up on Sesame Street, right, like most kids did. I wanted to start by asking about your own experiences growing up watching TV or movies. Are there moments or shows that really stuck with you? Yeah, so I'm Venezuelan. I grew up in Venezuela, but most, if not all, the media that I consumed as a child was created in the U.S. And something that I remember very clearly is that I couldn't find people that looked exactly like me when I was growing up. So instead, kind of what I did was look at all the characters that had brown hair and brown eyes and attach to them because they were the ones that I could maybe try and see myself in. One character that I have actually in mind is from the Proud Families, La Cienega. They never really specified that I know of what nationality she is. She was like the only Hispanic character that I saw that I was like, oh, she's like me. That was like a very particular moment that I remember seeing her and kind of seeing myself in her. Yeah, I didn't. There were really not little brown girls, I feel like, in kids' television when I was growing up. And I look at my nieces and nephews and my niece in particular who gets to grow up with, like, Doc McStuffins. Why does this matter? Like, what does the research say about why this is important for kids to see themselves? So with this report from Common Sense Media, which is a company that looks at media and how it affects children— found that overall in television and streaming, they overwhelmingly feature white characters. And people of color are either completely absent or if they are depicted, they tend to be stereotyped. And I spoke to uh, Sarah DeWitt, who's the senior vice president for PBS's uh, Children and Media. And what she told me is that the research shows that when 
kids see people like them depicted on TV in a positive way, it actually has a very, very good effect on their self-esteem and can actually help their long-term success. And the other way around is when they see negative depictions of people that look like themselves, it has cause a, a detrimental effect on their self-esteem and in the long term, how they see themselves and how they see the world. And you talk to a lot of different researchers and experts about this. What effect does this have specifically on learning and socialization of children? So Sarah DeWitt from PBS was telling me that, you know, for when kids are exposed to positive depictions of people who look like them, it definitely affects their self-esteem. It affects their long-term success. Polly Conway from Common Sense Media, who developed the report, actually told me that besides looking at themselves, just when kids are not exposed to diversity in media, it actually makes them have a different idea of what normal is. They don't really understand what normal or ideal is. And they start having a skewed viewpoint of what society looks like. And since they're watching shows that are overwhelmingly white, to them, they start learning that normal or ideal is white. We'll be back in a moment with the new shows and characters that are diversifying kids' shows. Welcome back to Hard Truths. I'm Nyla Boodoo. We've been talking with Axios reporter Oriana Gonzalez about diversifying kids' television programming. We've heard how this move can help kids' development. But as U.S. demographics change, there's also a compelling business case for networks to add more non-white characters. Here's how it works for adult programming. In 2020, 5% of lead actors in movies and almost 3% in all new and returning TV shows were Latino. But Latino audiences bought nearly 30% of tickets sold. Let's get back to my conversation with Oriana about how these networks are making changes for children's programming. Oriana, we were talking before the break about how PBS is thinking about this, and they've always been at the forefront of children's programming. And I mentioned Sesame Street at the beginning, which has been the gold standard of children's programming. So I wanted to play a little clip of two new characters. This past March, Sesame Street introduced two new black characters, Wes, who's a five-year-old boy, and his father, Elijah. Why Wes's skin is brown. Oh, I know why, Elmo. My, my mom and dad told me. It's because of melanin. Right, Dad? That's right. Melanin? Uh, what's that? Well, melanin is something that we each have inside our bodies that make the outside of our bodies the skin color that it is. It also gives us our eye and our hair color. So there has been a push to diversify kids' shows. Can you tell us more about some recent examples of how people are trying to change this? So I wanted actually to mention one of the earliest examples, and it would be Disney's Proud Family. It aired from 2001 to 2003, and it's actually getting rebooted. But that one was actually the first Disney cartoon to have an all-black cast. That one's one of the earliest examples that we saw, not only the characters, what we were seeing on the screen was diverse, but behind the scenes, the people that created the show were black as well. So we were seeing kind of accurate depictions of black people created by black people. Nowadays, we're seeing more kind of nuanced depiction. So for example, we have Nickelodeon's uh, De Casa Grandes, which follows the life of a Mexican-American family. And actually, here's a clip of an episode where the grandfather is at a school show and tell talking about his family tree. 
This is the family tree of Los Casagrandes. On my father's side of mi familia, I have a great-great-grandfather who rode with Pancho Villa. Ooh! And on my mama's side, I have an abuelo who helped build a railroad in Mexico. He was Chinese. Hey, did you know that? No way! That's so cool! So it's not limited to just having a person that is similar looking to themselves, but it's seeing what this person's life is like, what they believe in, what culture they follow is what they in real life also celebrate. I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned, which is the idea of who's creating these shows. How much is there also a push? Certainly, we've heard Hollywood have a lot of conversations about diversity behind the camera. Is that also true? Is that same conversation happening in children's programming? It's definitely happening for children's programming. There's been a push to see that the images that we're seeing are also kind of backed by their creators. It's not just having a diverse cast, but having a white crew depict what they believe is accurate for a specific race or whatever group. For example, for PBS, for Molly Vidanali, which focuses on the Alaska Native, it actually has over 60, probably 70 writers that are Native Alaskan that are focusing on that show because they want to make sure that they are depicting the most correct and accurate depiction of that culture. They have other shows that they are having that same approach. So for example, there was Amos Way, which focuses on a Puerto Rican girl living in the Bronx. It was also created by a Puerto Rican individual. So they are having these people who understand this culture, who are part of it, create the shows that show what it's like. Axios is Ariana Gonzalez. Thanks, Ariana. Thank you, Nyla. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. This episode was produced by Nuria Marquez-Martinez and edited by Alexandra Boti. Jeannie Montalvo is our sound engineer. Special thanks to our editor-in-chief, Sarah K. Lanigu, and executive producer, Julia Redpath. There's so much more about many other aspects of systemic racism when it comes to the media at Axios.com. And we always love to hear feedback about what you think. You can email us at podcasts at Axios.com, or you can find me on Twitter. My handle's Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back with the news on Monday.